Hi, I'm Sabrina Soto. I believe the best conversations are with friends who are really able to open themselves up and share their lives, both the good parts and the bad. You're going to be listening to some of those candid conversations and hopefully gaining some insight to help you redesign your life from the inside out. Today's guest is the one and only Leslie Jordan. If you follow him on Instagram, which I'm sure you do, you know what a ball of fun and energy he is. This episode, we talked about everything from how he feels like happiness is a choice and a habit to how he approaches work and really his whole background. There are such so many nuggets of amazing information on this episode, and I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoyed talking to him. So let's get started. Hi, sweetheart. Hi. So you have a podcast. Yes, I have a podcast, and we talk about basically how to live your best life. And you have such a story, Leslie. And we on set between takes and between what we were doing, I got to hear a little bit about your story. And obviously, I read your book. And I've now learned more. And you have such a life that I have so many questions for you. You have such a life. (laughs) Shit. Well, shit. Well, shit is right. I think the I think the bad part is behind me. Yeah. Ooh, I sowed some wild oats. Yes, but, you uh, did. Which I want to talk to you about, and I, I know sobriety is a huge part of your life, and why I think you are where you are now. So I definitely want to go into that. And obviously, your family is as important to you. And I know all of your stories in your book and your this this the story that I love the best and by the way I loved your book and for anyone who's listening it is such a great read and a very fast read and if you follow Leslie on Instagram you get these little snippets of stories and I think your book is a a collection of all of the good ones would you say that yes absolutely the best of the best because when I turned the manuscript in like they it was interesting i wrote a book a long time ago called my trip down the pink carpet and that book was um i wrote and wrote and wrote and turned in pages and pages and pages and so much got cut that this go around which was interesting and anyone who's schlepped a manuscript all over town to publishers trying to get published will want to slap me but they called me they said, we love your Instagram. Uh, the Harper and Harper Collins people called and said, we love your Instagram. We love, we think you have a book in it. We want to call it. Um, how y'all doing? And we want this and we want that. And here's all this money. And I just sat down and was able to follow this sort of diagram of what they wanted. Um, and and uh, which took a little bit of a weight off of me. So it was a real joy because, you know, writing can be kind of lonely sometimes. And you sit and you write and you want everybody to read it. Like you call your friends, read this. They go, honey, listen, <laughs> write the book. I'll re- <laughs> write the book and I'll read it. No, no, no. Just read this one page right here. I'll read it out loud. To you. No, <laughs> <laughs> just don't don't bother me. I'll read all of your stories because I love all of them. The one that I love the most and there is a lot of funny stories, but I think the one that I love the most that was heart like that spoke to my heart was when you threw that pitch and you were talking about how you felt like you were making your dad proud because he never thought you were good at sports. Oh, yes. I love that story. Yes. That was, um, and for it to be in DC and, um, for, for, uh, 
for me to be able to get out with the Nationals, which was, you know, that was a big deal only because it was our nation's capital. And I got to go to the White House and all kinds of things. And I got to tell Mrs. Obama that story in person because it had to do with, uh, uh, I won't go into the whole story. They'll have to buy the book, but the Obamas were involved. And I got to tell her in person the whole story. And anyway, it was, yeah, it was wonderful, wonderful um, thing to have happened to a little boy from, I, I used to always say, oh, you know, I'm from the hills of Tennessee or I'm from the, you know, a, a, a background like a like some kind of dirt poor. This no, 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 just suburban. I'm just <laughs> a boy from the suburbs. About as boring. As you no, can well, I know you love to embellish stories, so embellish away. It's fine. It, it makes the story better. But I know that you always say that happiness is a choice, and it's, uh, it basically is a choice that you make every day. How how has that changed for you in the last couple of years? Because we've all been through some tough times and your life has changed substantially because of Instagram. I think that in the in, it's a, a happiness is a choice, happiness is a habit, and happiness is something you have to work for. And that was something I learned uh, in, early in sobriety and my recovery, you know, that you 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 get up and you Oh, all kinds of little tips. Put your shoes way, way under the bed. So you have to get down on your knees to reach for your shoes. And then while you're down there, you might as well do a little prayer. A <laughs> morning prayer. I'll try that. So, so I um I I I think the way that it's changed is that I have so much less I have so few problems today. You know, I just really don't. I don't know if it's that's why I don't allow it in. You know, you look back at all that drama and it was self-created. It all is. Every bit of it was self-created. I had a sponsor of mine, a spiritual advisor, that would say, well, when I would fight with this one or that one, I said, well, Leslie, why don't you just not engage? And I go, what? Well, I have to engage because I'm right. And he goes, well, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? You know, even. And we. I also learned, which was a, a valuable lesson, is that I cannot afford even righteous anger. You know, you, other people can, you know, people call me, oh, let's march in the streets and, you know, for the, for all the gay rights and this and that. I can't even do that. I can't get angry. I can't. Mm -hmm. Other people can do that and they can process it. I can't. It could lead to a drink or a drug or whatever. And I have way too much to lose. But that's what I'm, was it always that way for you that you didn't want to participate in that or, or with just life, you've been able to figure that out? Yeah, just in life, I'm able to figure it out. Have you learned that in just living or did were you always like that? Because my ego gets involved a lot and I'm still learning how to not let it. Right. I um, It's not that I can't participate. I can't participate in things that lead to anger. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't participate. And my, my, um, my uh, spiritual advisor used to say to me, just don't engage, honey. And I go, what? Just don't engage. If someone try, you know, if someone you feel, you know, the hair on the back of your neck standing up, and you want to, just don't engage. And I, no, that's not fair. I have to let them know that, that what they're doing is wrong. Yes. And I'm right. Yes. No. 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 When he no. asked you, would you re- rather be uh, right or happy? I said I'd rather be right. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be right. 
Right <laughs> and drunk. I'm working on it. So let me talk to you about speaking of drunk. You've been sober now, what, 23 years? 25. 25 years. So I know you, you had some, some fun times, and I don't even want to call them fun because it sounds fun when you're, in, you know, drinking and, and it, I, I don't even like it in those activities, but it's, it's actually pretty depressing. Yeah. But, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to negate it too much. I had a ball, you know, I had so much fun and then it wasn't fun. Right. You know, it you start out and I, I got to Hollywood in 1982 and I was probably, you know, in my early thirties. I mean, I wasn't a kid, but there was just so much going on, you know, out in West Hollywood and, and, um, we just had so much fun. And then you start noticing that all your friends are getting younger and younger because people your age have like gotten married, had kids, settled down. Going to know. sleep at nine. Not, <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> me. Not me. And, and all of a sudden you're 42 and just kind of pitiful, you know, just kind of pitiful. And uh, my, you know, my big... Uh, uh, my big breaking point was my unfortunate incarceration for several indiscretions I'd rather not describe right now That's or fine. talk about. <laughs> I but, won't push it. I'll just look I'll, ended, I'll look up the records. <laughs> I'm sitting in jail and there's Robert Downey Jr. across from me. Is and that thinking, true? Yeah. He, he, I, I hate to even talk about it because he too is so you know, sober now with a lovely wife and children and everything. But I had gotten a hundred and twenty day sentence. Um, I had paid four thousand dollars for a lawyer who promised me there would be no jail time. And my friends were saying, Leslie, this is your third DUI. Trust me, you're going to do some time. I said, no, no, no. I'm on um, I'm on uh, uh, Pacific Blue. I'm on a TV show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, cool. I'm going to show with Mario Lopez. I'm not going to put me in jail. <laughs> well, that that judge said 120 days, bam. And I was sitting in the pokey, and, and uh, I went up to ask. I had a panic attack, a full-blown panic attack. And if you've ever had one, you I know have. what I'm talking about, where you just think, I, I can't, I'm going I'm to scream and claw my face. I, can't, I don't know what to do with this. And I asked the, the turnkey, the, the, the guy at the, you know, at the jail, could I take a walk? <laughs> I, I said, I promise I'll come back. <laughs> yeah, okay. Come They've back. heard that I before. Walk <laughs> He's like, yeah, sit down and shut up. And then he came over to me later and he goes, you know what? I'm, I've kind of taken pity on you. You're out. We're, we're letting you out. But, um, we, we have Robert Downey Jr. downstairs. We have nowhere to put him. And so he, we can't let you out um, until the, the bars close. And so um, I shared a little jail cell with Robert Downey Jr. Have you ever talked to him he about that out, since? I, was, uh, I have. I, 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 we talked very briefly about it. Uh, it was four years later, and I was on Allie McBeal, and I was so... Uh, nervous to meet you know everybody in the world was on that show at the time it was Callista Flockhart and Jane Krakowski and Lisa Liu and Portia de Rossi everybody was on that show and I, they're all in the makeup trailer and I'm just gaga standing there looking at all of them and all of a sudden Robert walks in and goes do I know you, you? <laughs> uh... I turned around I said 
I said, zip it. He said, what? I said, zip it. And he said, come out. So he said, what are you? What are you? I said, listen, I, I was in jail with you. 152, pod A, cell 13. You were the top bunk. I was the bottom. Unbelievable. Said, oh, my God. Obviously, being arrested could be considered a rock bottom. But for some people, it's not. But is that, were you just sitting there going, I can't do this anymore? Like, that's enough. That was it. But you know, the craziest part is that I got out and um, I thought to myself, maybe I should do one more, you know, you know, just one more to get it out of my system. And um, I, thank goodness, went searching for my drug of choice, which was crystal meth, which people look at and say, my God, Leslie, this was innocent crystal meth. I don't know what the difference was. It was crystal meth light. Back in my day. <laughs> it was, well, it was, it was Tina, you know, a little bump of Tina, to, you know, just to, you know, so you could dance at the bars. I don't know. But anyway, I couldn't find it. And thank goodness I woke up the next day. Actually, someone sold me some, but it was a, a chunk of drywall. Oh, my gosh. Thank God for that. <laughs> and listen, he handed it to me, and I said, this is drywall. He goes, no, it's not. It's a special kind of sulfur-based crystal. Oh, for crying out loud. Up. And I was like, but it still has a paper on it. <laughs> but did I take it home and crunch it up? And I would be sitting in my recovery meeting all the next week, and I told my sponsor about it, and he said, that's actually a slip. I go, no, I'm not going to slip on drywall. I'm going to slip. <laughs> it's going to be the real thing. I'll get a new sponsor. I can't. And I would, I would sit in in my meetings and and sneeze and pieces of drywall would fly out. Oh, Leslie, <laughs> I'm just, I'm glad that you're still with us. That's all. Oh, <laughs> uh, do you think that and, you that there was no way that you would have continued to be as successful had you not gotten sober? Do you attribute to your your success to sobriety? I do, one hundred percent. You know, I kept a career afloat, but that's that's the, the, what I did. I kept it afloat. Right. And none of the success that I have today could have happened, you know, to be able to be present. And I think one good thing is that I show up and um, uh, I learned a long time ago through my recovery. Um, my very first job after recovery was um, Caroline in the city and I got five episode arc and I thought, okay, this is my chance. You know, they're, they're going to let me make a little comeback here. And, and I called um, my sponsor and I said, listen, I, I need some advice. Cause I, I don't know. I mean, how do you measure success in show business? You've got people making you know, 20 million a picture like Jim Carrey. And then you've got 85% of my union that doesn't even make enough to pay their dues. That's right. You know, where, where, where am I? And I loved this advice. He said, Leslie, you, what you do is you show up to be of service. And I thought, oh, that's so new age. What do you mean of service? He said, you're of service to the director. It's his vision. It's not yours. Mm -hmm. You know, you can bring what you want to that vision and say, but you, you show up to be of service to the director. You show up to be of service to the producers. That means you're on time. You have your lines learned. You don't make waves. You know, you do, you, you're of service to your fellow actors, which is a hard one for me because you don't still focus. <laughs> you know what I mean? You like, yeah. you like allow everybody. And I, I took that to heart and I started applying that 
you know, to every job I got, I thought, you know, I'm just here to be a worker among workers and I'm just here to do my job. And director, you immediately, you see a difference. Directors will start using you again and again because they know you're going to show up. You're going to show up on time. And um, so I attribute everything. And you slowly build that career, you know. And then all of a sudden you're looking, you're thinking, my goodness, you know, my goodness gracious, what I've been able to achieve. And uh, But let me ask you a you question know, for anyone who who's listening who obviously are, is not in show business, but you're saying to be of service. And I, I've heard you said say this before, and I always wondered, like, what what happens if a director wants you to do something that you know isn't you, isn't your craft, isn't how you would do it? Like, how do you... How do you reconcile the, your ego and then you being there to be of service? How how do you get around that? Well, I think, you know, I've never, I have never had that happen. You know, you would think um, maybe women have that more than I a little bit, like they want you to show a little something or, uh-huh. or the casting couches and that. As a comedic actor, you know, um, I... I've noticed even on my um, my show, there's a lot of discussion, you know, and I'm one of the actors that's not doing a lot of the discussing. You know, I I'm a very firm believer that film is a director's medium. Um, stage is an actor's medium. Television is a writer's medium. And so I am so because I'm a writer myself. I mean, at one point on Will and Grace, we had 25 writers. Can you imagine? That's, that's incredible. Sitting around that table till four in the morning, getting those words just right. And how dare these actors come in and just start to improvise a right. little or switch. I speak those words as written because I think that's the actor's job. Right. I, I, I hate when actors go, oh, I, I don't think my character would say that. What? We say things all the time where we think to ourselves, I cannot believe I just said that. Right. So you make that work within the context. If you don't think your character would say that, then say it and and say it as if, oh, my God, I can't believe I just said that. But um, I think that that is my job. And and I've always, um, you know, tried to deliver the lines as written. You know, and I I also think that I'm at a point in my career where I'm not so, you know how it is where you're you're worried about the artistic. Honey, I just do it. You know, we're pretending. We're pretending. You know, I see actors on the chat shows all the time talking very deep about you know their process and you're pretending. (laughs) We're not. we're, We're not saving babies here. Right, and that does not take anything away from what we do because I think what we do is important and people can, you know, you can change lives. You can change lives. I've had people come up to me and go, you know, I, you, I watch you and I'm telling you, you changed my life. I'm like, but, oh, oh, I know what I wanted to say. What's cool is with the Instagram for years, people knew me like by my characters. Oh, that funny little guy on Will and Grace who was kind of snarky and, and, and nothing like me. I don't think I've ever until this character I'm playing right now, Phil on Call Me Cat, played a character that was close to me. And I thought for people to discover me on the Internet, and they do, yeah. they, they don't know me and, and don't even know, you know, that you act or, or you know, I, I bump into them and I'll say, but I was on Will and Grace and these kids will go, now what? And I go, <laughs> are you gay? Will and Grace, 
But I think he's 19 years old. This was 10 years ago. He was 10. Yeah. You wouldn't know. Yeah. I said, how can you be gay and not know Will and Gray? But, well, I'm sorry. I don't. But Leslie, but that these, says something about you is people like you. Oh, yeah. I, 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 uh, I'm, I'm getting that. You know? But I think it's because of your authenticity. Yeah, but see, that is is something I've earned and something I've found. You know, I wasn't born like that. I was such an awkward child and, and so afraid people would find out I was gay. And I always hated my voice. From the time I, my mother bought me a tape recorder when I was in fourth grade to memorize a poem, and I I heard my voice. I thought I was going to die. I said, you sound like a girl. Wow. You sound like a girl. You sound like a woman. That's funny. I sound like a man. (laughs) We'd make a good team. (laughs) I think you have um, a beautiful voice. But and and being that you have, you're saying that it's new for you to feel that you're comfortable being authentic. That was a long journey for you too, being gay in the South and having your mom being very conservative. Right. And, you know, the fact that my mom is so I'm here now and my mom is so proud of me and so proud of everything that that I do. And, um, you know, what a journey we've taken, you know, my mom and I um, over the years. And uh, but, uh, the yeah, it's you know, you, you, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but there comes a point where, you know, you're being authentic. Yeah. And oddly enough, when I'm not being authentic. My biggest, um, uh, when I don't want you in, I'll jump to comedy. You know, I jump into that routine and la, 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 la. And then I'll think to myself, you know what, Leslie, you're enough. You don't have to make everybody laugh. You don't have to be the center of attention. And then I can take a deep breath and step back and say, okay, yeah, um, calm down. Be authentic. Be real. (laughs) You know. I'd love to hear your mom. I mean, how was it for her? And I'm sure you've had many conversations with her, but I know when you came out to her, you thought she was going to be angry and, you know, bring out her Bible. And she did the opposite. She just said that she wanted you to live a quiet life with, which by the way, bravo doing that. But (laughs) how was she sort of, how was the process for her with her community and everything? Well, you know, she's, she, we, we come, I'm a church, a, a, church-going family. Um, there was a lot of that, you know, that um, I never once heard homosexuality talked about from the pulpit of my church, but it was just known that that's, and, I, you know, I look back and I think my mother had no reference. Who were, who was gay? Liberace? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. who was gay? Uh, Paul Lynn on the center square of the Hollywood squares? There was nobody, you know, she, I don't think she knew even what it was, you know, it was just that, I, and I've, I've noticed this many times, when I act um, like in, I, I don't realize how effeminate I am. So when I see myself on TV, I'm a little shocked. I'll go, oh my God, girl, calm down. <laughs> you know, and then I see myself when I'm not being that and more kind of more authentic and then just flaming, you know, letting it flame. And, and that's what my mother hates it when I act, play characters that are very um, flaming, you know. She said, oh, gay, 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 gay. That's <laughs> is that all you're going to She just likes, cause, and I say, but mama, that's a character. Right. You know, those are character choices. Well, you know, 
I just wish you wouldn't, you know, talk, talk. But anyway, so it's a journey. She's so proud of me. She's my biggest fan. And, and um, it's. And she's uh, your best friend. It, she really is. We talk every single day. And uh, she, she, it's interesting to reach that point where she's not my mom anymore. Right. You know, it's funny because I somewhat hold the purse strings now too. So it's really right. <laughs> You know. you, I love the story of when you were when you came out with a book and she didn't like that you curse and said shit in the first, you know, page and you were like, Well, I'll buy you a condo. Bought you a condo. <laughs> bought you a condo. She was like, it's she fine. went shopping yesterday. She was shopping about five dresses. I said, Mom, you never leave the house. She said, I know, but they were so pretty. And so anyway, I spoil her rotten. I love it. And you should trying to figure out a way to all of us meet in Daytona. That's where we used to go, just pack that station wagon with a, had a big uh, mattress in the back. And the, my sisters and I lolling around on that mattress. We'd take off for Daytona every summer. And I thought, wouldn't that be wonderful for all of us just to have one more summer You have to do vacation. it. Yeah, you spoke about so those we're trips. So to Daytona. You've got to do it. Um, <laughs> I know you also, you're very much like me. Like I do not like to, do not invite me to dinner. I'll meet you for brunch or lunch because I just like to be in bed early. So how, be, I mean, I've I spent a lot of time with you working and you are full of energy all the time on Instagram. You're hilarious. How do you recharge? <laughs> I, people don't realize how reclusive I am. My friends know I made a decision when I was 60 years old, which was six years ago, that the curtain goes down at 630. At 630, I'm done. People say, well, you'll go to dinner. Nope. I'll go to lunch with you. Nope. Well, you go to movies. Nope. I don't do anything. What do you do? I, I just, I don't know, but I have my, my, my tiny little one bedroom apartment, which I'm about to get I'm about to buy a little bigger maybe a tiny bit bigger but I have you know I have turned that place into my and it happened a lot during the pandemic because I was the kind of person that would go out and read the paper at Starbucks and stuff yeah I can't really do that anymore people bother me yeah that was <laughs> I mean, taken away from you so much. <laughs> they, they'll always come over and go listen I don't I don't mean to bother you while, you, while you're eating. Then don't. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just but wear I'm, a hat and a mask? <laughs> it doesn't work. No. My voice gives oh, me my. away. The minute, the minute my voice gives me away, my stature. I'm like Dolly Parton. There's just a lot of Yeah, me, you're right. You know? You're right. You are a ball of energy. So that's so you just spend time by yourself at night. That's how you recharge. I do. I spend I recharge and and uh I'll go, you know, days and, and not leave. I I um I have this wonderful service called plate therapy that brings me my meals. They're so delicious. <laughs> they bring me my meals. And I thought, I don't know if this is good or not. I have Bart that works for me that brings my morning papers and um I'm just done, you know. So my life is so quiet. I'll tell you a a, a funny story. I, I wanted when I first got to Hollywood in eighty two, um uh, the guy that started Playboy magazine, what's his name? Hugh Hefner was all over the news because he had seven blonde sort of bimbos that lived with him, all seven of them. And they giggled and, and, and I thought, Oh, maybe I could be like a gay Hugh Hefner and I'm going to get a big house in the Hollywood Hills and I'm going to have seven like buff boys and they're going to give 
Gold would roll all over me, and we're going to go to brunch, which was a new word, by the way. Oh, wow. In 82, I'd never heard that word. It was, oh, it just sounded so tony. <laughs> we're going to go to brunch. I'll meet you for brunch. And so I thought I'm going to have brunches out by the swimming pool. And then I thought the other day, I thought, my life is so not bad. No. If I had, I would jump off the Hollywood sign. Oh, that if sounds I exhausting. To have to talk to seven different people, make conversation. No, thank you. And just run, just dumb as a box of rocks. (laughs) You and I are the same in the way I love to go eat by myself. I like to spend time by myself. And I think it's, it's the same of when you're constantly on, when you get home, you don't even want to make eye contact with somebody. Right. You've got that little girl. I know, except she, she's my, she does recharge me. She is. That would be a wonderful way to recharge. I never had kids and I love kids. And so many of my friends now have grandkids. It's interesting. And I go and I visit. We roll around. They go, Leslie, you're so good with kids. I go, "Uh uh-huh. And now I'm going home. I'll see you later. (laughs) Well, look how good I am with kids. I'm leaving. (laughs) I'm going home and you've got them 24-7. So see you later. (laughs) Do you you have any spiritual or self-care routines that you do? I, um, you know, it's interesting. I, the religion I was raised in, Baptist, I'm not sure that I believe a lot of it, but I've had these in-depth talks with my spiritual advisors and they said, you know what, Leslie, you act as if spirituality is, we seek. Nobody knows. People that say, well, God wants you to, they don't know. You know, and God spoke to me. Well, maybe, I don't know. But I'm such a doubting Thomas that I just act as if, you know. And if I'm going to go to church with my mom, my, my friend said to, uh, to me, my spiritual advisor said, take what, what works for you. It's like a buffet. Leave the rest under the pew in front of you. Don't discard it. It could be gold. What you're hearing could be exactly what someone else needs to hear. Don't think, oh, well, that's crap, blah, 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 nothing. Put it all. So I, you know, I I go through life just um, believing, just seeking, you know, yeah. I used to go out and chant with the Buddhists. Oh, we would, we chant, dance all around. And my mother was horrified. My, the Buddhists, I've gone, you know, I love, I love the Catholic religion because it's so much, um, you know, a pageantry. We didn't have anything like that with, you know, all the drag, the the priest and drag and all the ropes. And, I don't uh, think that's quite it, but yes, I see what you're saying. I was, I was raised but, Catholic. And then swinging of the incense yeah. and just oh, the pageantry of it all. I love that, you know, and there's so many paths to God. Everybody has their own path and their own, you know, way. And I think spirituality is just very, very personal, you know, very personal. Do you meditate? Um, I don't. I tried and tried and tried. I tell you what I am good at is um, active meditation, like walking on the treadmill, mm-hmm. you know, something. If I just sit, I either fall asleep, I put on egg timers and my mind is just, it's like a bad neighborhood. You just, you don't <laughs> want to go up there alone, you know, <laughs> you there and you're like, oh my God, the thoughts. And I try but I, you know, I've tried and tried. And so I can do active, you know, sort of meditation where I really try to just clear my head. Um, I've got 
I'm this wonderful way when I'm can't I I, I go to sleep. Um, I can go right to sleep now. I used to couldn't. And the way I do it is this kind of thing where I clear my head. I really make my head clear and and I, I'm able to fall asleep. But no, I don't meditate. Well, whatever you're doing, it's working, Leslie. It's it is working. Um, I thank you for your time. I obviously I don't even want to tell everybody you follow him on Instagram. Everyone's following you on Instagram. There's not one Instagram user that's not following you. Um, and you're on Call Me Cat, right? And is there anything and else? Closer and and I'm in my prime. Who who knew at 66 you are? that I would be in my prime? And you're right like, now. It's a good time. Who's just like I can't wait to see what what's going to happen for you in the next ten years, twenty years. Well, we'll see. Ugh. We shall see. I think the high point was getting to uh, announce the Oscars the other day with, I don't know if you know, but they asked Tracy Ellis and I, Tracy Ellis Ross and I, if we would come at one o'clock in the morning and make the announcements. And so many people thought that I was going to be the, the, uh, um, the host. I said, no, Lord, no, honey, I'm not hosting. I did announce, but that could happen. Who knows what could happen? Well, aren't you kind of glad looking back now that you weren't hosting this year's? (laughs) Oh my God. I would Oh, let's. I would have started crying. Yeah. I would have started crying. I, I would have started crying watching y'all, it. Please stop. <laughs> y'all, please. Y'all be sweet. <laughs> y'all be ugly. Be sweet. Y'all yeah. hug each other's neck and forgive one another. <laughs> Although that would have been, you probably would have fixed everything right there. <laughs> I love you. Leslie, I love you. And thank you so much for being on 